You're listening to Film School, broadcasting every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time at KUCI 88.9 FM, Irvine, California, and on the web at KUCI.org slash Film School. I'm Nathan Callahan. And I'm Mike Kaspar. In an increasingly global economy where the profit margins of huge multinational coffee companies continue to rise, prices paid for coffee harvests have reached an all-time low, forcing farmers in some of the world's poorest countries to abandon their fields. Among the hardest hit by the devastating effects of this crisis is Ethiopia, the birthplace of coffee. The new documentary, Black Gold, is an eye-opening look into the $80 billion global coffee industry where the spoils of overpriced lattes and cappuccinos are sparsely shared with the farmers who make it all possible. With us today is Nick Francis, the co-director and producer of the film Black Gold. Great to be on the show. Thank you. Very nice for you to hang around. Yeah. I know it was a, a long journey to get here. <laughs> I, I appreciate that. So, so, so tell us, uh, how, what, what started the film? What, what was the inspiration behind it? Uh, in 2002, towards the end of 2002, it was announced by the Ethiopian government that the country was going to face a famine uh, like they had 20 years earlier in 1984. But this time, coffee farmers were being caught up in the crisis. They used to be the backbone of the economy, but because the price of coffee was an all-time low, they simply didn't have the cash to... Uh, isolate themselves from the crisis. And what we were seeing was an increasing disconnect between how we in the West view these kind of crises and actually what's going on on the ground. So the fact that coffee farmers were being caught up as filmmakers, we thought, well, you know, there's another story to be told here, and it's not about giving aid, it's about international trade. And we have the trading rules that exist in, in, in the world today are you know, having a major role in undermining the the livelihoods of 25 million coffee growers, but nowhere more, you know, extreme was this being being played out than in Ethiopia. Did where, you, yeah. Did you say Nick? 25 million coffee growers around, around the world. Yeah. Wow. Oh my goodness! So this is one of the largest agricultural uh, yeah. in the world. Yeah. So in terms of a, a kind of a valuable commodity, it's second only to oil, right. and. My goodness. That's it, black you know, gold. You, yeah, and, and, and you've got to bear in mind that, you know, farmers are the backbone of this industry, as you said in your introduction, which, you know, is, is around about $80 billion a year, and that's growing and growing and growing. And, you know, what, what we're trying to do in black gold is to kind of reconnect us as consumers of coffee who wake up in the morning and have a latte or a cappuccino or an espresso to the people behind the product. And what you see around the world is that, they're in crisis, and that's what the film tries to make make it relevant, if you like. Essentially, what you're saying, and, you're, and we're talking with uh, Nick Francis, and the movie is Black Gold. Where it, it's a documentary um, about the plight of these farmers, and essentially, you're saying that they they are in a subsistence uh, uh, situation, right? They're not making enough money to really even feed their own family. Yeah, if you like, they're subsidizing our our need for our espressos in the morning. Mm-hmm. Now. Now, the way I see it, too, is in a lot of cases, too, they, they were using some of their farmlands to, to support themselves, and the multinationals come in and, and uh, pretty much eat up their, their property to, to, uh, to export their, their goods. Is that, is that a good take on what's going on? Yeah, it can happen, but I think 
even even more extreme is the fact that many coffee farmers, whether they're in Colombia, Mexico, or Ethiopia, as what we as what you see in black gold, are moving out of coffee production, digging up coffee fields that have been you know with them in their families for centuries and growing narcotics in Colombia that would yeah. be cocaine or in Ethiopia it's a leafy lighter narcotic called chat yeah. and some of the best coffee in the world is just you know falling away because there's a refusal on, on behalf of some of the largest multinational coffee companies in the world to pay a living wage that's what we're talking about here the right to a living wage and that's you know not being not being paid so what we try to do in black gold is show how through one cup of coffee we're, we're connected to this and October the 6th is the day when people across America are going to be able to find out why and how they're involved. Mm-hmm. All right, let, let's start. And you're talking up now, this is, the coffee situation is very much, you can, you can extrapolate it, that across many products and many farming situations around the world. It's not just coffee. We're talking about, we, we always talk about fair, free trade. What we should be talking about is fair trade. Isn't that the point of... Largely, yeah, you're absolutely right. This film could have been about cotton. It could have been about rubber. It could have been about many other things. Bananas, whatever, yeah. yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Uh, in fact, Tedefe Mescala, who's the, the main character in Black Gold, who we follow from Ethiopia to Seattle and to London and various other places, he says himself that you know, this isn't limited to coffee. This affects producers throughout the developing world. It's just... I think coffee uniquely has a resonance in our consumer lifestyle, which few other products do, mm-hmm. because, you know, it's actually part of our cultural diet, if you like. Right. It's, it's not just a drink. It's not just a commodity. It's part of our culture. Yes. And that culture is never normally um, talked about, if yeah. you like, yeah. in, in, in the sense of the people behind it being in crisis. And that's what we try and shine a light on. And you show this one particular man who is really trying to organize these farmers, try to try to help them out in a way that where they can get a fair wage for the, for, for the products that they're producing. That's right. And he does that by bypassing some of the big players in the industry and forming more direct relationships with buyers around the world. Cutting out some of the middlemen. Well, and let, let's get to again. It's black gold. Uh, the story of uh, these Ethiopian farmers and their and their struggles. Where is where are we going to see the film? Is opening October the sixth. It's opening uh, October. Okay. And um, that's October sixth here in the United States. This is a New York, L.A. kind of thing. Or New York, L.A. at first, and then uh, I believe it's coming down to, to Orange County. So people, if they want to see it, can go up into L.A. I don't think it's been absolutely firm in L.A. right now. But I mean, no, we, we were actually in L.A. a couple of weeks ago uh-huh. as part of um, the DocuWeek theatrical right. showcase. I know you interviewed some Sandra uh, uh-huh. Root from there. I think a few yeah. weeks ago. Yes, um, and. Uh, that was our kind of preview in L.A. We hope to be coming back to L.A., but in California, we're going to be in San Francisco on the 10th of November. Um, it's going to be all around the states, but our, our opening, as you mentioned, is in Seattle, which is obviously the coffee capital of the U.S. Yeah. Uh, we're also going to be in New York on that day. What we're saying is the more people go through the film, the more... Uh, the more we can, the more public interest will be developed on the issue, and the more the issue will be taken seriously, and the more corporations who uh, dominate the industry will listen. Because when people see the film, what we found so far is they come out and say, "What can we do?" Yeah. And thousands of people every week are going to our website. If you don't mind me sharing that oh, with no, you, no, no, please, please. Blackgoldmovie.com. And if you go to blackgoldmovie.com, you can see where the film is playing across the U.S. 
So if you're not in a state or a city, tell your friends to go see it. And this is the way how we can do our bit to raise the issue and get citizens who are consumers, who are voters, to basically say, are we, are we going to tolerate what's happening now that we've seen the situation? What can we do? And there's so many things that people can do just by thinking about how we consume. That's what the film's about, how we consume and the impact of that consumption. Right, and let, let's. I want to uh, just get in a little bit. It, it, how are the big players like Starbucks and and others? Are, are they they are a significant part of this problem, or, or or are they significant part of the problem? There are there are huge coffee companies. I mean, um, Starbucks isn't necessarily the biggest one, uh-huh. um, but they're if you like the most visible because they're on the street corners of most cities in the world right now. It would appear um, <laughs> when we when we were in the U.S. Uh, in the Seattle Film Fest, we got asked to go meet with. The, um, the, some of the executives at Starbucks so they could tell us what they're doing. But the, the critical factor is, are coffee farmers really at the heart of the concerns of these organizations? That's the question that we need to be asking. And we hear a lot from all the corporations about corporate social responsibility. There are a lot of people who say that that's more about PR than it is about anything else. Yeah. The question that needs to be asked is, you know, what share of the profits are coffee farmers getting from the multi-billion dollar turnovers of some of these or, 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 you know, in, in some of these organizations, you know, would these companies exist without coffee farmers on less than a dollar a day? And the answer to that is obviously no, they wouldn't. And so, yeah, they've all got a huge part to play. And um, it's just important, I mean, you mentioned Starbucks. I mean, uh, in terms of fair trade, which is obviously a growing thing in the United States, it's much bigger here in the U.K., 3.7% of Starbucks' coffee, is, they buy a fair trade minimum price. And even, you know, some other companies are even lower than that, some are a little bit more, but um, you've got to be, make sure you really, really check out what uh, the difference between rhetoric and reality, and uh, sometimes that gap is very big. Right, Nick, what you're doing with your film is, this is a gateway into, obviously, a significant problem within the, uh, within the coffee-growing uh, community, uh, but it's a gateway into a much larger picture of, of what fair trade is and what free trade is, and the consequences not only for us as consumers, but the environment, there's so many things tied up in this, and and these this is so much money involved here. I, I uh, just we can a, we can be a, a part. Quick of question is: yeah. if I'm going to uh, buy fair trade coffee, is is that is that good enough? I you know I mean, is that yeah. a way to start? Is that some way I should go about it? Is, is uh, most I, everything? I think, I think if you see it as a start, then uh-huh. I think that's in proportion. If you if everyone buys fair trade coffee tomorrow, the situation of coffee farmers isn't going to radically change. Uh-huh. It will make things a little bit less worse. It'll guarantee them a little bit more money. But there needs to be much more done in terms of the way how trade is structured so it to be a long-term change and the way how attitudes of multinational corporations to change before there's going to really be a big difference. But fair trade is certainly a little start, but it's certainly not the end. And I think, yes, buy your fair trade coffee, but don't think that in and of itself is going to you know, create uh-huh. the solution. Right. It's not the panacea, but it's a, it is a it, beginning. It's a, it's a good start, absolutely. It's a good start, but what we're saying is that trade itself needs to be much fairer. Right. Yeah? Yes. And the way how trade's organized needs to be much fairer. And that's a you know, much more systemic um, change that we need to see. But the fair trade is, is a beginning. It's just important that whilst you're buying your fair trade coffee, bear in mind that there's loads more to be done. One of the criticisms we often hear at screenings that we've been to is that big corporations have, who, who have one line of their coffee as fair trade and the rest as unfair trade coffee yes. have hijacked the fair trade movement. 
And when we see that, for example, McDonald's has their trade in 700 of their stores, but I think they have 13,000 stores in the U.S. People ask questions about what's really the commitment to fair trade. Right. Was this window dressing? And there are some companies who are 100% fair trade, smaller roasters who are really, really committed to the, uh, do whatever they can. And there are others who buy coffee much more than the fair trade price. So it's about asking questions and, you know, looking just beyond, you know, beyond some of the immediate um, things that people say. I think that's the crucial thing that, you know, we would say. Well, um, the movie is Black Gold. It's opening in Los Angeles and New York. We hope in Los Angeles. Yeah. Early we're we're going to pressure our, our And I, I was going to just say that. Sakes. I mean, we have, <laughs> we do have uh, some power here as consumers. You remember when we buy something we are in a sense casting a vote we are giving approval to a system one way or the other whether it's fr- fair trade or free trade or unfair trade we have some power in this process and uh this this movie black gold is it, it sets out to uh give us uh, a basis by which we can make some decisions about how we how we buy yeah we, and we, and we we you know everyone listening we say you know get involved there's get a involved. huge amount of things people can do to spread the word about the film and a lot of that's on the website and we encourage people to get involved we you know it'd be great for, for people listening if they want to spread the word fantastic and uh, we really look forward to uh and to, for, for the film to come to to, to the states on it ted essay who's the star of the film's going to be in the u.s at various cities right. um in october and we're really excited to see what happens we've had phenomenal reactions at our uh, screening so far. We launched the film at the Sundance Film Festival in January, and since then we've absolutely been overwhelmed with people wanting to know how they can get involved, how they can see the film, and when they can see it from all across the world. But we, we're, we're really looking forward to see what happens in the U.S. Well, terrific. Uh, Nick Francis, the movie is Black Gold. The move, the, the site is blackgoldmovie.org. And dot com. Dot com, pardon uh-huh. me, dot com. Yeah. The technical difficulties we're experiencing today, but uh, thank you, Nick Francis, the movie Black Gold. Thank, thank you for inviting me, guys. Thanks yeah. a lot. To learn more about Film School, listen to more interviews, or subscribe to our podcast, visit our website at org slash filmschool.